0: You gift of a tree, fasting and all those things. It's very important. But you must also not neglect actually seeking the word of God. Hallelujah. And I was saying that earlier in the week, I was listening to the man of God, Bishop Dark, and he was talking about something very similar, about knowledge. He said that when you look at a man of God that you admire, or somebody that you respect, you always ask yourself one question. That what does this person know that I don't know? That is making him function the way he is doing. Even in normal, like, in our workplaces, in our schools, maybe there's a particular student who is very, very good. I was ah, what does this guy do? Or what has he been practicing? What has she been practicing? That makes the person so excellent. Sometimes people have what we call secrets, in quotes. That gives them the advantage. Sometimes it's wisdom that has been passed on to you. That gives you the advantage. If like you see somebody doing better than you, it's good to in quote, humble yourself and find out what does this person know that's making him so excellent you get it it's not a bad thing it's a good thing you get it so when you come to invest one of the things somebody came to, to invest that in as much as you are learning for yourself don't forget to do group discussion ss i wasn't really doing a lot of group discussion you learn what you can learn if you don't understand you're still friend uh-huh. but invest is a different game altogether because the things are so many there's not enough time and life is not only really about university. As you're growing older, more things come up, you must address. So you can't spend all your time learning. But that's the wisdom somebody gave me. And so there are many times I've gone to write a paper. And it's not because of what I read per se, but it's what somebody said during a discussion that helped me. I remember I went to do, I think it was, it was surgery. They asked us to examine a patient's ulcer. I had never practiced it. I just knew what you're supposed to do in the book, but I didn't practice it. And then he said, Examine this also. Hey, on the spot, so now be thinking and examining. You know, the things that if if you've been practicing, don't know. Because they have examine this here, yeah. examine this ball, examine this well, oh, you just start touching. But when you're practicing, it shows, just be very careful. So I was, I said, was like, I just repeated the question just to buy myself some time in my head. I want to examine this, I said, Examine this also. So I started examining. You know, do you know the things I could remember? And then when you finish, then you now have a discussion. So what do you think it is? What are authors, can it be? What are the differentials? How do you investigate? Blah, blah, blah. Then ask me a certain question. Sarah, what is the grade of this ulcer? I had never heard of grade of an ulcer. I did not read this in the book. But I only really heard somebody say during a good discussion that there are four grades of an ulcer. Say, said, hey God. And i was just afraid if i see it he might actually ask me to explain it so i said hey so he said what is the grade of this ulcer i said it's grade three he said very good very good <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> and then he went to something else hallelujah so there's a wisdom for every stage in your life and people that are being well you must actually look at them and find out what are you doing the secrets you know i read a certain book um i've actually forgotten the title but the person who was Whereas the book said that when it comes to people who have mastered a particular skill, whether it's playing the piano or the guitar or it's a sport or something of that sort, people have all sorts of theories. People say that you should have practiced at least ten thousand hours. When you do the calculation, if you want to practice ten hours a day. It's a, it's a very that maybe about twenty years, you should I be practicing the the skill for about twenty years, depending on how you structure it. Which is good to know. So when your, your children come, you start incorporating them very early. There was a, a certain psychologist. He had three daughters. I think you've seen the news. He said he had three daughters. And then he said that a child can always be molded into a direction you want them to go into. So he said that he was going to teach his children at, as an experiment. So he said he was going to teach them how to be chess champions, three of them. So by a very young age, they started learning the chess end Lo and behold, they actually became champions. I think one of the daughters became a champion, female worldwide chess champion. But the other two were very, very good. And i are just trying to put your point that once a child is born, with the right direction and the right instruction, the child can go in a certain way. So um, start earning. So if we example, people that do very well, people that play tennis and things, so they didn't start when they were 18 years old. They started when they were four or five. Their father or mother was making them do it. They didn't even understand why. To buy them a guitar for say a big guitar, small boy, but it's holding it. And a very short time, le- the people that do this very well are, we should say the Chinese and Japanese. You see a lot of videos, very little boys and girls. They are very excellent in whatever they do. You get it. Right now, the Chinese children, they are not learning what you are learning in school. They are learning how to code. They are learning how to use Python and things. So if they start learning to code at six years old, by the time he's 12 years old, the thought is not even coming into your mind. And he's already had too many years of experience. You get it. So there's a secret. There's a secret to everybody's um, success. And it's good to humble yourself. So you was saying that we need to get knowledge. If you see a man of God operating a certain level of anointing that you desire, you must get closer to a man of God and find out, um, what is the man of God doing that I'm not doing? Or what does he know that I don't know? Because it's for everybody. You get it. The anointing is not just for a particular, it's for everybody. And you can work in all of them, if I'm being honest. I I find out, what is this person doing that I don't I don't know. So he gave himself as an example. Um, this is an exhortation, the word is coming, don't worry. But he was giving himself as an example. He said, um, he really admired this man, Kenneth Hagen. Because the man was really anointed. He was a very good teacher. He could He could do a lot of amazing things. He had a lot of encounters with God. He said, so he really admired this man of God. And he wanted him to, he wanted to have an encounter with the man of God. And God means, so. We had an opportunity. He traveled outside, went to a conference, and met the man of God, Kenneth Hagen. And was very excited. And he was, went to the man of God, and wanted the man of God to pray for him. And what the man of God told him that was that, Kenneth Hagen, according to Bishop Dad, Kenneth Hagen told him that. If he's not in the spirit, he doesn't pray for people. Can you imagine? You have left Ghana, going to America, going to a conference. You know, if, when you have a program and the service over you, it's not very easy to access the preacher man. Even here, it's small, but it's not very... You see that you want to talk to Pastor Simon, but you're waiting in the queue. Some queue with no number, but you'll be waiting to talk to him. So imagine going to and he's such a popular man of God. And when he got there, was a man of God, It's a man of God too pray with him, you know. I'm sure he also went with an offering, of course. And the man of God said he doesn't pray unless he's in the spirit. And he felt disappointed. By then, the man of God said he should come and they took a picture. He said that was it. We had a picture of the man of God. But what he said was that he was still able to tap into the, of the man of God through his books. Why? Because the man of God had passed down knowledge of things that he knew through his books. So he said he was reading his books, had reading his books and listening to his tapes, and then one time when he for Commonwealth rotation, as he was listening and reading the books, a voice kept him that now you have received the anointing. See? It's very, very strange. Mm-hmm. Now you have received the anointing to teach. And he teaches very well, actually. He's one of the pictures I really like. His message. It's very simple. He doesn't speak big English, but it's very practical. You get it. So you see how he was able to encounter or receive the anointing. It wasn't the way we typically expect it to be that man of God should lay hands on you and uh, what maybe you fall under the anointing and then you have received a no. But through teachings and through knowledge and through having that encounter because in as much as you admire maybe Bishop Doug, you admire Charles Ajanasai, admire all the wonderful men of God that we have, it's not possible for all of us to have a close encounter with them. Maybe you may see them from a distance. Maybe go for their self, but you cannot be as close as to them as maybe their wives or their children. You get them, but there are different ways you can you can still benefit from it, and that is through knowledge. And knowledge comes in so many forms. It comes through books. It comes through sermons. It comes through teachings. It comes in so many ways. So as Christians, you must desire knowledge. Third to say desire knowledge. Yeah, I know the scripture um knowledge fed up and. La- you have the knowledge first. You take the knowledge first, and we'll talk about the puffing up aspect. But knowledge is very important. Knowledge is what will distinguish you. In certain instances, knowledge will distinguish you. So I was talking about Joshua Caleb, and I was saying that the word of God had come to the people of Israel. They're going to inherit the promised land. It was everybody. Everybody had the word. But how come when the time actually came? Amongst that batch of people that actually came out from it, there was only two people that actually in, in, inherited the land from that batch. It was Joshua and Caleb. Bible said that they were sent to our spies to go and spy out the land, go and see how the land is, and come and give us reports. They were there for 40 days and 40 nights, but 40 days. And they came back with a report. They said that the land is good. In fact, they brought some of the fruits from the land. So they brought some grapes. The land is good. The land is powerful. But the people we saw there, they dwell in walled cities. So they have good defenses. And they were giants. He said, we saw the sons of Anak there. And he mentioned three of them, their name. I said, they were giants in that land. And he said, when we look at them, and look at ourselves, and look at them again, and look at ourselves, we are like grasshoppers. That's the report. So 10 of them came with that same report. But two of them came with a different report. They said, at this land, we are able to conquer it. We will do well what God has said will come to pass. But the other 10 said that no, we are not able to take the land. Now, these people were leaders. As a leader, you know that, even not even as a leader, as a human being, you know that your words carry power. And so if a leader comes and tells you that, we can do this, it it will encourage you that, oh, let's step up ourselves. If so, we cannot do it. So the the, the report of the 10 people just brought the whole spirit of Israel down. And they started complaining. In fact, they said that, let us make a new captain. Forget about this guy called Moses. Let's make a new captain. And go back to Egypt. Do you know why they're so um, fixated on Egypt? I said, let us go back to Egypt because this what you are giving there is not true. And by the way, God was very angry with the people, if God was going to kill them, God was going, God, <laughs> God told Moses that let me be, let me destroy these people. I will make a new people out of you. Was, if you don't believe, what can I do? Say, let me destroy them. And the fact is that Moses interceded for the people, said, oh, don't destroy these people. If you destroy them, people will, will laugh at them. That he brought the people out of Egypt to come and die in Don't destroy them. But they went the wrong. I think, you see, these people vexed <laughs> They vexed Moses to the extent that, Moses was supposed to enter the promised land didn't enter because of the people. God said, speak to the rock. They were annoying him. He just hit the rock. And God said, hey, you hit the rock. You go to the promised land. But this man prayed for them. Was a very mighty anyway. But these people had a certain kind of knowledge, Haleb and Joshua. And I was saying that in as much as you hear the word of God, it must be mixed with faith. That's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. So that because the word of God wasn't mixed with faith, it didn't profit them. There's a certain profit that was received from the word of God. It comes through faith. Hallelujah. Without faith, that profiting is difficult, if not impossible, for it to come. So you hear the heard the word of God, she said everybody said the word of God. They're all hearing the word of god as you are speaking but then there's a certain profit you're supposed to receive because it comes from this mixed with faith so caleb and joshua heard the word of god like everyone else and they said we we're able to do it so, ah, you see it should have been a very different story if they went to see the east part of the land and the other spies saw the west part of the land then it's a different story we are given but they saw the same thing they saw obstacles They saw. But how come their confession was different? Everyone in this life you have obstacles whether you like it or not. I know some of you have smaller obstacles these have bigger obstacles but you have obstacles whether you like it or not. But these obstacles are not supposed to stop you they're supposed to rather lift you up. Amen. I've not considered the scripture you are coming don't worry. But it's so important to understand so the question is what did Joshua and Caleb know that the other leaders didn't know? Because the same way They didn't hear a different way. It was the same way. What did they believe? Because I read earlier in the book of Joshua that even concerning the the giants, the Bible said Caleb drove out those three giants. One man drove away three giants. Everybody knows David and Goliath. David killed Goliath. Nice. One man drove away three giants. What did he know? Because Caleb wasn't bigger than the giants. Thank you. Caleb wasn't bigger than the giants wasn't faster than the Giants. wasn't stronger than the Giants. So how did he do it? The same word of God. said, you possess this land. But God says, you go to Canada. You don't have passports. You don't have visa. You don't have money in your account. But God said, you go to Canada. Do you believe it? Oh, God hasn't told anybody to go to Canada. It's me. Okay, I'm going to Canada. <laughs> You're looking at me as if. You see a different way. I know. Is going to Dubai, he's uh, uh, uh ambassador to Dubai, Arab M.A.T. Because they are white, what's the name? Is it Sholo? What, what god? They have a certain name with the black tape, band. He's going in disguise to push the word of God. Hallelujah! But God has given you a word, you know, you're going to make a lot of money. Look at your account, there's no money. Hey, God, is in me? You see, okay. I want us to read a few scriptures. Amen. Amen. We are still the we are still the Yes, please. I want to use some scripture. Sorry, you knew that we came to church. Amen. I want to go to the Old Testament. I hear you guys like the Old Testament a lot. I want to go to the Old Testament. Let's open the book of. <laughs> it's Zephania. <fun> <laughs> oh no, not Zephaniah, sorry. Hegai. Let's go to Hegai right now. <clears throat> Are we here? Yeah. Are we here? Yeah. Yeah. So before we read Hagai, I want to give you a little background. So it to make sense. I was reading the Bible during the weekend, and I was using chat, chat GPT, like, oh, you know where we are now in the world, there is, there is so much information, you're only limited by time and your discipline, as in being disciplined, you can learn everything now if you want to, But the problem is that not all the knowledge is useful, and not all the knowledge is important. So, you know, as much as we're in the age of knowledge and technological advancement, there's only discernment to find out what is important for you. I don't need to learn about zoology, but somebody needs to learn about zoology. I don't need to learn about architecture, but somebody needs to learn about architecture. But the thing is that there's, there's information out there. So take advantage of it. So let me give you a little background before I go to Hegai. So <coughs> let me start from the beginning. So for the Old Testament, we know the fathers. Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob. And then Jacob had 12 sons, the tribes of Israel, from Reuben all the way to Benjamin, Joseph, everybody. Joseph was sent into Egypt. And when he was in Egypt, he became powerful. There was a famine. And Jacob and his family went into Egypt. Went into Egypt. Joseph died. The Pharaoh who knew Joseph died. And the Israelites multiplied. When they multiplied, the new Pharaoh that came was afraid that the Israelites would overtake them. So he now put them under slavery. When we put a man asleep, we cry to God that God save us. And God sent Moses. You are following? Let me let me fast forward. So there was a certain time where the Israelites were disobeying God. In fact, they had disobeyed God on several occasions. And God has sent a lot of his prophets to warn them that you guys are in the wrong. Change, 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 change. They will change for some time and they will go back. And eventually God got angry and said, look, I'm going to bring a certain man called Nebuchadnezzar you know the story, Nebuchadnezzar, to come and then subdue them. So Nebuchadnezzar came, he destroyed the whole city, he destroyed the house of God, he took some people from Egypt back into Babylon, including Daniel. You know these stories, I'm just reminding you. So I go back into, into, into Babylon. And when they went to Babylon, they were there for some time, 40 years. So we all know that scripture. Daniel, I understood by the books, you know, that the time was up for us to go. So they prayed to God that God help us. In fact, Daniel started a prayer, but other people were praying for the same thing, for deliverance. So they prayed and prayed and prayed, prayed and prayed, and then God answered them. So that's where you're starting from, okay? Are we here? I'm just giving background so it make sense to you, because some of these um, Old Testament prophets, if you don't get the background, it makes it a bit somewhere. So prophecies came out. Let me read the first prophecy. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45 before we go to Haggai. Are we here? Yes, yes sir. I said if you don't have a Bible you might not really enjoy the sermon. But I pray you don't fall asleep. So we know God's people are Israelites. They are his chosen people. They are anointed people. But Isaiah 45 says something very interesting. We've read it here before. So I'm reading Isaiah chapter 45. It says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Now, who was Cyrus or who was Cyrus? Cyrus was a king of Persia at some time. Now, you remember in the book of Daniel, I want to say something, but I'm giving a lot of background. I don't know if it's important. important. The book of Daniel, you remember that the book of Daniel had a dream. In the dream, he saw a very huge statue. The head was gold, body was silver, brass, then it was mixed with clay, blah, blah, blah. He didn't understand the dream. He called for his people, explained the dream to me, explained the dream to me. Then Daniel came and explained the dream to me. Some of the kingdoms that to come. And the last thing that was shown was that it was a huge rock that came and broke the statue. That rock was referring to Jesus Christ. But he said something. He said that the first path, which was the gold, was the kingdom of Babylon, which was actually for him, Nebuchadnezzar. He so said, after that, another kingdom will come. It will be as powerful as your kingdom. That will be powerful. So it was represented by silver. And that silver um, kingdom was the Persian kingdom. You get me? So this is a point where Babylon had now given way into Persia. How did it happen? Nebuchadnezzar's son was very stubborn. was having a party, drinking. brought the items of God into the house. They were all drinking. Having fun. Then you were there now, then the hands right on the wall. Many, many take care of blah blah blah. So you've not seen this before. Then they called Daniel, Daniel said, Look, your kingdom has been taken away from you. That's it, Now the Persians came and the rule. So now the Israelites were under the Babylonians, but now they have been taken into the Persian kingdom. And now Cyrus was a king during that time. And he we were referring to God that God delivers. So now, this is what the Bible says. Isaiah 45. It says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding. Now, why will God call, in quotes, an unbeliever, my anointed? You are not the people of God. The people of God are Israelites. Even if you have mentioned a prophet or a king or something, but I'm talking about somebody else who is, in quotes, an unbeliever. It says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding. To subdue the nations before him, it's as though God has approved of Cyrus. A lot of things that happen, you know, in our minds we expect it to go a certain way. That is God working to His people, she to a certain way. But God doesn't use your ways. Someone who is not in quotes, in quotes, one of God's people, God is calling him his anointed. He said, "I have, I have, I have what? I have whose right hand I have holding to subdue the nations. It's as though God was with him as he was doing the subduing. But indeed, God was with him." that i will lose the loins of kings and to open before him the two tulip gates the gates shall not be shut so that i will go before thee this is cyrus i will go before thee and will make the crooked paths and make the crooked places straight i will break in pieces the gate of brass and cut in sander the bars of iron so that i will give thee treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that i the Lord which called thee by name, I'm the God of Israel. Wow. The God was just assuring this man that victory wherever you go. I'm just summarizing for sake of time. He said that, For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have said name thee. Though thou hast not known me. Interesting. It says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is none, there is no God beside me. I gather thee though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides thee. I am the Lord, and there is none else. He says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do these things. Hallelujah. Let me just jump. Just for the sake of time. Let me go to 14. That said the Lord, the labor of Egypt, The labour of Egypt and the merchandise of, the, of Ethiopia and of the Sabians, men of stature, shall come over unto thee, and they shall be thine. They shall come after thee in chains. They shall come over, so that like you have defeated them, like they have lost them, but they're coming in chains. So they shall fall down unto thee, and they shall make thee supplication unto thee, saying, "Surely God is in thee, and there is none else. There is no other God." Oh, it's a very long scripture, but let me end it there and just go by it. But basically, God was saying that uh, Cyrus is not an Israelite, but I've chosen him for an assignment. What was the assignment? The assignment was when well, the people cried out to God that God deliver us, God save us, God the 40 years are up. God touched the heart of Cyrus to let the people go because in those days, Babylon was the superpower. And now they are lost power to the patience. so you now the patience is like America. America going around, just seeing whatever they see. Because, in code, they are the superpower. Things are changing, but they are the superpower. So in order for the people to actually go, God had to touch the heart of the king. In the book of Purim, the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. And he turns it whichever way he wants it to. So here you see that God said that he's saying, says, Cyrus, my anointed, God is the one who even gave Cyrus the opportunity to become ruler or to defeat Babylon. And now God had placed it in Cyrus had to let the people of Israel go. Why? So they can go back to build what Nebuchadnezzar destroyed. Hallelujah. Are you following me? There's a lot of reading. I wish I had. Maybe I should have chosen something else. Okay. So you are chosen Cyrus. So Cyrus... The Nehemiah, the book of Ezra. He gave them opportunity. said, I will go and build the house of the Lord. Say, I go, go and restore your city, and then build the house of the Lord. So now let's go, let's go back to Hagar. Amen. Are you enjoying the one? Yes, sir. For well, next time, I choose something from the New Testament. It's a lot of reading today. So a lot of things happened. (laughs) There are about maybe three prophecies I want us to read. Some from Haggai, some from Zechariah. We'll learn something from each of the prophecies and then we'll move on. So the first one was from... Okay, so... Before we go to Haggai, when God was leading His people out of Israel, in fact, when God started with Abraham, Isaac, and Paul, God led His people through the prophets. Why? Because the prophets carry the voice of God and come to say, what God is saying, this is what God is saying, that's what God is saying, that's what God is saying, So that's how God led these people. Then the book of Samuel, the people say that, that time Samuel was the prophet of Israel. I'm said his children didn't follow the ways of Samuel. was very Samuel was one of the prophets that none of his words did not come to pass. Everything Samuel said came to pass. He was a mighty prophet of the Lord. My Bible says that his children, they didn't follow him. Children are fooling about prophets and other things. So the people said that, we don't want your children to lead us. said that, let God give us a king. That's what they asked God, say, God, give us a king. Like the other nations. So they seeing what every other, every, every other nation had a king. King this, king this. When we, we don't have a king, no, it's only prophets, some more. So they're feeling left out. And someone wasn't happy with their request, but he still took it to God. And God also wasn't happy with the request that they had made. So they've not rejected you, they've not rejected me. But I also give them a king that they asked for. And the kings came with so many problems. If you read the Bible, a lot of problems came through the kings, including the first who was Saul. A lot of problems. You see, God's system and man's system. But if God sees somebody doing something, I to do the same thing, so give us a king. So then they called, they, called, they called Saul. Saul came and did what he did, and David and the rest came. So now, God was not leading the people only through the prophets. Now, see the people through the prophets and the kings. So those are the leaders of Israel. So you had in quotes, a physical leader, or yes, since a physical leader, you had a spiritual leader. So the physical leader of your day was your king, and your spiritual leader was the high priest. These two were the a superpower, I maybe mean, they say they are parliament and executive, or parliament and judiciary, or something of that sort. But these are the people that led the people of God. I'm saying because of most of the things, The old testament is very difficult to preach. I want to give you background, so I want you to understand it. Okay. After Cyrus came, there were other kings that came after Cyrus. That's why I was in the charge of A lot of them came. Darius came. I can't pronounce the name. Is or I don't know how to pronounce it. After Darius second. I was not too sure of the order in which they came, so I put in charge of It was good. So, after Cyrus came and that king came, that was Darius. So I'm reading from Hegai Hi Makassar. Okay, Hegai. So it says, in the second year of Darius, the king, this take note of, the, of the, the time, so in the second year, in the sixth month, their calendar is different. But let's just say, for understanding, it says it's, it's June, in June. Okay, so in June, the word of the Lord came to Hegai, the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel. Governor of Judah and to Joshua, the son of jo- Joseph, the high priest. Same. So there were three people here there was a the prophet, there was the king, and there was a the high priest. These were the leaders for Israel. So there, there were two prophets in this particular time. It was He Haggai was the first prophet, and Zachariah. They were the two prophets in their days, and they were giving the word of the Lord. I mean, there were other prophets as well, but they were given the word of the Lord to the two leaders. That was the high priest and then the king. So let's read the first first prophecy. So it says, This prophecy was by Haggai and was unto the prophet Zerubbabel. Hey, was by Haggai the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, who was the governor, and also to Joshua, who was the high priest. So this is the first one. He said, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, these people say, The time is not come that the Lord's let me read this in message version. I think it will be easier. I just want to change the version. Okay, yes. So a message from God of the angel armies. I'm reading Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. It's a message from God of the angel armies. The people procrastinate. They say that they say this isn't the right time to build my temple, the temple of God. Shortly after that, God said more, and Haggai spoke it. He said how is it that it's the right time for you to leave your fine, your fine new homes, while the home of God is in ruins? He said that a little time later, God of the angel army spoke out again. He said, take a good hard look at your life. Think it over. He said you have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. Say so you keep filling up your plates, but you never get filled up. Say so you keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you are always thirsty. So you put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted-out bucket. That's what. Verse 7 said, that's what the God of the angel of me said. Take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. Then God said, "Here's what I want you to do: climb into the hills and cut some timber, bring it down, and rebuild the temple. Do it just for me. Honor me. You you have had great great ambitions for yourselves, but nothing has come out of it. The little you have brought to my temple I have blown it away. There was nothing to it. And why? Because you have run around and caught up." With taking care of your own house, my ho- my home is in ruins. That's why, because of your stinginess, and so I've given you a dry summer, and a skimpy crop. I have mashed your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills, building gardens and orchards, stunting vegetables and fruits. Nothing, not man or woman, nor animal or crop. Hallelujah. Then the governor Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel and the high priest Joshua and all the people listened, listened, they really listened to the voice of their God. When God had sent Prophet Haggai to them and they paid attention to me, listening to Haggai, they honored God. Then Haggai, God's messenger, preached God's message to them, to the people, I am with you, God's way. This is how God got Zerubbabel, Joshua and all the people moving, got them working on the temple of their God. Of the angel of armies amen quite a long scripture i think most of us know the king james version Tell you work you are putting it in a pocket full of holes. so what god was saying the people through the prophet hey, guy, number one was that look you people are working but the amount of work you are putting in they're not getting the fruit you're expecting mm. that's what i was telling the people he said that you plant but you're not really getting the harvest People are working, but they're not really getting money. You are eating, but you are not satisfied. You are drinking, you are still thirsty. Look at your lives and pause. You see, it's not a normal thing, it's a normal thing. For instance, if the whole year is not planted in your crop, you shouldn't expect to get a harvest. Sure. Yeah, if not planted, you shouldn't expect. If you planted, you should expect a harvest. That's exactly. Have planted, expect a harvest, but they're not getting anything. But God was trying to communicate something, but they were not getting it. So that, look, you have neglected my house. That was the first prophecy. neglected my house, everybody is doing their business and have forgotten that my house is in ruins. We're trying to bring the people's attention to something. It's important in our days now. And as much as you are doing whatever you are doing, don't forget the house of God. Amen. One of the house of God needs your money, but it's a principle. Hello. He says, You are working, you are striving hard, but you are not getting the fruits. Let, let me read some of the King James version. I think the King James says, is nicer. It says you have so much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe and there is none warm. He that earned wages, earneth wages put in a bag with holes. So not like people are not working, they were working, working very hard, but they were not getting the profit that they needed to get. So it's like, look, let's start these things. Don't forget that you have left my house in ruins. Why? Because are come to the Spirit. so that, don't leave my house and do other things. You know, put what is first, first concerning his house. So that's the first prophecy. Amen. Amen. Let me go to another prophecy. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't want oh, to... Okay. I want us to read another prophecy from... The Book of Zachariah Zachariah just comes after comes just after Hagan So Zachariah, I want us to read the second prophecy, Zachariah chapter 3 So I'll start from verse 1 in James, it says, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Other version says to oppose him. So you have seen a vision. He saw Joshua, who was the high priest. The high priest has two jobs. He speaks to God on behalf of the people. And he also takes a message from God and brings it back to the people. So the high priest standing there also represents the whole nation, in a certain sense. The could be was referring to just the high priest. The could be that to the whole nation, because he he represents the people. When it comes to sacrificing, when goes to the holy of holies, the high priest that goes on behalf of the people. Okay, so he says he saw the high priest and he saw Satan standing at his right hand to resist him or to oppose him, like what. He's always been doing. In the times of Job and everybody. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, O oh, Satan. Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Say garments. filthy garments. The high priest should not wear filthy garments. They have a special dress that they wear. But here, in the vision that he saw, that Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. So the high priest was standing before God, was wearing filthy Clothes, as the Bible says. Now, a voice came and said, Take away those filthy clothes, and I will change the clothes. As well. I'll give a new set of clothes. And, he said, and I said, Let them set a fair mitre, that's like a crown, upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Okay. Let me give it here. I will explain this particular prophecy when we go to Ezra. And then I want to read the last prophecy from Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4. And the angel that talked with me came again. It's a continuation of prophecy, just for the sake of time. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me up as a man that is waking out of his sleep. So was like as though he was sleeping. The angel woke him up and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold with a bowl on top of it. Just imagine it, a candlestick. Now we don't have a candlestick, now we use a rechargeable lamp. But those days had a candle. I remember that had a candlestick and I was brass or something, it was twisted. Said, Behold, a candlestick all of gold, and a bowl upon the top of it, and a seven lamps thereupon and seven pipes <laughs> to the seven lambs, which were upon the top thereof and two olive trees by it so the candlestick was here and there were two olive, tree, olive trees one to the right side of the bowl and one to the left side so i answered and spoke to the angel that talked with me saying what are these my lord you guys you ask what is this god show me vision then you see a candlestick then see two trees, one on the left, one on the right. What does it mean? To asked the angel, what does it mean? mean? So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? Then the angel, <laughs> this is the angel's reply, said, Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? It's as though I was expecting him to know. Do, do you know what it means? If you have a vision and see a candlestick with seven lamps. And see an olive tree to the left, an olive tree to the right. You know what it means. But as I he was expecting to know, he said that, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. This one is not a paschal. I have not seen it before. And he said, And he answered and spake unto me. So he was not explaining the vision. He said that, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, said the lord of us we like quoting the scripture i want to I'll talk the lord, but i don't want to give us some background so you is what we like what we like putting so much You have seen a candlestick i've seen two trees he said a candlestick and said i don't know what it is you tell me what it is and this was explanation he Said this is the word of the lord unto zerubbabel and he said zerubbabel was like their governor or the leader the first prophecy was about the high priest who was a leader who was clothed in filthy garments i was explain that one. And the second one was also about the other leader, who was Jehovah Bill. And he said that, this is the word unto you, unto Jehovah Bill, through Zachariah. He said that, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What do you think he we was talking about? They had a work to build the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The house of the Lord was beautiful. This house of the Lord is It was one built by Solomon. Do so you know how beautiful that house was? It wasn't a small house, it was a beautiful house. And they had the task of building a house. That's why I read the first prophecy. So that why are you guys going about your business and you forgetting my house? Go back and build my house. That was the prophecy, basically. Now, these people were under the hands of another king. So they were not independent. They didn't have work, they didn't have anything to do. But God was still asking them to go back and build the house with so what? Number two, you are being subdued by a certain nation. So you don't even have the liberty to go. Because you don't have the freedom to go and do it. Number two, you don't have the resources to go and do it. Number three, you have enemies everywhere. Israel, if you know that Israel, Israel, they have a lot of friends as a nation. They have enemies. You know, Solomon and his ways don't a lot of people and have peace. But in nation Israel, everybody hated them. It's even like now Christianity. Some people hate Christianity. They don't even get where the hatred is coming from. But this person that hated me, so they also hate you. So I accept it. Think about, you know when we read the news, all this, gay, lesbianism, all these things, you know. When other people talk about it, when other religions talk about they are very careful in their response to them. If a Muslim nation, they are very careful in their choice of words, you know, they are free. But when it comes to Christ, it's like, everybody takes Christianity in quotes for granted. Like, what are you guys? If you're a man, go and draw a picture of Muhammad, and see if he will not come and catch you. Why can't we say, everybody does, like, you know. So the hatred is, is normal, mm. those days. So let's take it like that. So it says, they begin a the task to go and build the house of God. I said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What does this mean? Because it goes to the Lord. It's who I said the scripture before. You said it before, it's like that's not like just me. Not by might, nor by power, but by my skill. So how, how was God going to do this? Because then they, you see, the people me, the people were very discouraged. They were, you see some some of them when they were taken, they hadn't gone back to their hometown to see how it was. So when Sir was given a permission to go, they saw the way they were very sad. Oh, this house of the Lord, built by Solomon in all his beauty. You know, Solomon wasn't smoking, And he put his heart into building a house of God. Everything is broken down, everything is destroyed. There are no walls around the city. It's like, in like some zongo or bolas. Like, it's destroyed. They're very sad. And what's they build my house? How? How we build a house? So they were very sad. Number two, they had a lot of, for the sake of time, a lot of enemies. In the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, whenever they wanted to build a house, people come and say, Hey, who has to build a house? Who has to build a house? They're going to report to the king. Okay. So he said, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 7, he said, Who art thou, O great mountain, before. This one I also like putting this one. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. Now, some render a mountain as obstacle. A mountain can be an obstacle. Previously speaking. So the angel was still talking and encouraging. He said, Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? He said, thou shalt become a plain, and you shall bring forth the headstone thereof, with shoutings, with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Verse 8. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house, his hand shall also finish it and thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you who hath despised the day of small things for they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro hallelujah Amen. so they begin it it's a very big, big task imagine you a king To build a house of God with nothing. Basically, nothing. What about (laughs) you? You have nothing. The high priest too was also in trouble. But God said, Go and build my house. You see, there are things God will tell you to do. When you look at it and think about it's this word for me? Or is it for somebody else? But the word of God came to Zechariah to go and tell Zerubbabel not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. He who art thou, O great mountain? Was it, small? it was a great mountain. So who art thou, O great mountain? Before that shall become a plain view. So how did God do it? And we'll learn from this and then we'll be out of here. Hallelujah. Have you read the message? Yes, sir. Yes. I will not read Old Testament again. It's, it's a lot of talking. But I just wanted to follow we'll we'll be done very soon. So let's open the book of Ezra. We're going to find out what it means. I will just some, some of the verses for the sake of time. But let's give you an idea of position the feast and how God responded, how God fulfilled that particular way. But not by men, not by power, but by men. But how God fulfilled that particular way and we will be encouraged. So, Ezra, let me start from Ezra chapter 4. So, Ezra chapter 4, I'm reading from verse 3. It said, but Zerubbabel and Joshua, so Zeroba was the governor, Joshua was the high priest. And the rest of the chiefs, chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do. Okay, let me just so when they started building the house, the other people that are sounding and like, said, Let us help you to build their house. The other nations like go, oh, let us help you. They said that no, don't come, we we'll build our own house. Why? People were up to mischief. They didn't mean to build a house, they meant to actually frustrate them. So they said, Don't come, we'll do it ourselves. Okay. So when they when asked if they could help, he said no. So he said, you have nothing to do with us to build our house unto our God. We, we, ourselves together, we build unto the Lord God of Israel. Asking Cyrus, the king of Persia, command Now Cyrus was the first um, Persian king. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in the building. So said they faced a lot of, op- of opposition. God are given away that go and build a house. They didn't have the resources to begin with. And even on top of that, the people around them were also frustrating their work. So they said the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building. So they hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of King Cyrus. So they started a building in the time of Cyrus. Cyrus died. Other king's came, and then Darius came. Said so that during the time Cyrus was alive, so he died. They frustrated the work of God. God asked you go to uh, where April and you're going to build a new a new church for people of vision. And you go there, people you don't have the money, you don't have the resources. The people they are also fighting you. Like, hey, this land is for our father, take it to court, take it to all of these things. So he said they hired counsels against them to frustrate their purposes all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia even until the reign of Darius king of Persia for the sake of time uh. so let me not read everything so the the people wrote a letter to the king He said look, something is going on that I think you must come and find out these people are building a house, who gave them permission it was it you, if not let us stop them, just to summarize what was said And. In fact, it was so bad that this, they, they asked the king that the king should go and look into their records, that these people, Israel, they are given permission to go do it. If you knew the kind of people they were, you now know you tell them to stop. So he went, they read the letter to him, and he said, give them commandment that they should stop building the house. Okay. So let me, let me continue. So chapter five, but God had given them a word that they should continue building the house. So, chapter five, etc. So then the prophets Haggai and Zachariah prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and in Jerusalem, even in the name of the God of Israel. Then rose up Zerubbabel. He said, Oh great mountain!" So, then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedah, and began to build the house of God, the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of god also helping them and at the same time another king came tatsnia governor of the river and another 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 set of people and he said that what are the names of the men that are making this building because he had sent the first letter and the king had ordered that they should stop building but then the people of god went on to build and they said hey you guys are really stubborn so wrote another letter he said, once you know the names of those who are in charge of this project, so I go and present it before the king. So, that, what are the names of the men that are making this building? But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease. So, they, even though they said it, they, they didn't stop, they continue, because they actually away from God. So, so, the matter came to Darius, and they returned answer by letter concerning the matter. Then he goes, so. They're basically, just for time, you're basically tricking them that, my king, you told them to stop. Your predecessors said they should stop. And they are still doing it, so they are coming to inform you. Okay. It's a very long letter, but I not to read it. So, when they said all of this, they said Darius, the king, should go and check their records to see what, to verify that what they were telling him was true. Now in the beginning read from Isaiah 45 that Cyrus had been anointed by God to do a lot of mighty things including letting the people of Israel go and build so then Darius said fine with wisdom so okay let me go and check the records and see what has been said about these people you see you don't, you don't start a fight without evidence See, you're not supposed to do that also start fights don't do that mm-hmm. so Darius the king made a decree and a set was made in the house of the rules, we went to check the records, where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. And there was found at Akhetma, in the palace that is in the province of Meath, a rule. And there was a record that was written. said so that in the first year of Cyrus, the king, the same Cyrus the king, made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. said, so let the house be builded, the place where they offered sacrifices, let the foundations thereof be strongly laid; the height thereof three cubits, and the breadth thereof three score cubits. And set with three rows of great stones and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house. And also let the golden and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth, out of the temple which is at Jerusalem and brought unto Babylon be restored and brought again unto the temple which is at Jerusalem, everyone to his place, the place and place them in the house of God. And now, therefore, Tasnia, governor beyond the river, and which are beyond the river, let me just skip. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews. Build the house of God in his place. Do you understand know what's being said? And, and this is very heavy. The first, first scripture was from Isaiah. because I' have chosen? You, you are anointed, man of God, to do my work. Isaiah gave a prophecy, gave a word that let this book go and build the house of God. So when they came again with the second report about the prophet, he didn't know he's a new king, but he's a wise king. So, okay, let me go and check the records. So, you must have records. Unfortunately, this part of the world, doesn't really feel better because you didn't do a lot of records, Africa. So we know we did a lot of things, but there's no proof. But like they have proof. So let us go back to the records and see what was said. Because you are saying this, but maybe the record is saying something else. Now, the king who was before him, his grandfather, I don't know if his grandfather also, the king was going, had given an order, said so that these people have given them permission to build their house. Let me read this again, so we understand. So in the first year of Cyrus, the king, the same Cyrus, the king, May the decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let this house be built. Saros was the most powerful king in his day. Even more powerful than Egypt. Egypt. Before Nebuchadnezzar came to actually destroy Israel and did all he did. And today, he had actually stopped by Egypt before he came to Israel and destroyed the Egyptians. They were the superpower of the day and all the patients were in charge and now they were just pop out the day and if I am telling you go and build who will tell you to stop? He said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit God already has chosen somebody long before all of this started said, in the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem he said, let the house be builded And the place where they offer sacrifices, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. He had given away a long time ago. A long time ago. He said, Let them build a house, he gave them the dimensions, and said, With three rows of great stones and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house. He didn't give them permission. He said that everything that they will do is for me, my account. He said, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. They had already prepared, they had, had made provision available for the house of Now imagine if the high priest and the people of God were just looking at what they had in their hands and said, We cannot do this. Everybody is against us. This thing will not have come to pass. But God had already made provision. He said, Let them build their house. Everything they need, it should come for me, my account. I will pay. Let's continue. Verse 7. It says, Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. See that? Now he was adding his own. Darius said, moreover, I make a decree what you shall do to the elders of the, these Jews for building the house of God. That of the king's goods, even of the tribus beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, and that I should not be hidden. See, whatever they need, give it to give it to them. See that? And, what, and that which they need of both the young bullocks, and their rams, and the lambs, and the burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine. This boy, this boy in captivity, wheat, salt, oil, according to appointment of the priests which are at Jerusalem, let it be given them, day by day, without fail. So now they have permission to build, they have permission to build their house. They have a resource to build their house. Even the things that this was sacrificed I said, let to come for my account. That they may offer sacrifice, that they may offer hello? hello, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet savers unto the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. So let them do what they are doing. Whatever they need, give it to them. Don't stop them and let them offer sacrifices unto God. do so are even pray for us. Excuse me. If you build your temple, how does it affect us? affect us? If the God is really God and pray for us, it will help us. Verse 11, and he said, And also I have made a decree that whosoever shall alter this word. This, is it, there's a lot of back of first person Israel. She said that, I'm now making my decree. So whoever will alter this word, let timber be pulled from his house, and being set up, let him be hanged thereon, and let his house be made a dunghill. And the God that caused his name to dwell there, destroy all kings, and people that shall put their hand to the put their hand to altar or to change and to and to destroy this house of God, which is at Jerusalem. I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. Look at the response. The people that are accusing them said, then Tatsnia, governor on this side of the river, and then the other guy is Shetsah And their companions, according to that which Darius the king had sent, so they did speedily. Hallelujah speedily. They didn't waste time. Why? Because the king has decreed something. Now, before, they were like, how are we going to build the house of God? We are in captivity. We don't have anything. We have no resources. Let's just think about ourselves. Of course, I go and build my house. Now, they started building the house. They face facing opposition. I want to be very practical with this thing. We were facing opposition. Things that normally would have stopped. They're taken to court. You can't consider the house. Good reasons. But the the word word of the Lord came to them like, continue building my house. So they continued. He said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. This is the spirit they were talking about. God had already prepared in advance a king. He has stared up in Darius. Look, everything they needed was made available. He said, what they need to build a house, give it to them. What they need for sacrifice, give it to them. If anybody opposes them, let their house be bent. What again do you need? Hello. Uh, the most powerful king in their day had given away. Mm. These other taxiers, they can't do anything. See, they obey speedily. They didn't waste time. Nobody wants to offend the king, and provision was made available. I'm talking to you now. God has told you. To, God doesn't tell you to do small things. It's always something big. It's something that beats your mind. He said, "It's not by power." And it's not by my mind It's by my spirit. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? Yes, sir. If these people are looking to themselves, how would they do this house? Why are they, they are not going to do collection and collect the money, put it down, now going to for people to protect them as they are building their house, now going to do for sacrifices, now going to do for animals, and when will they finish? By the way, trusting in God, that God has said this, it will come to pass. And God to. <sighs> They didn't even lift their finger. Despite when they came to a prison, did they say did they didn't say anything? Well, let's continue. God fought for them. And give them something far better than their minds could even imagine. Now the king was backing them. Said, this thing they have to finish it. So they will even pray for us. Let them finish, so they will pray for us. That we want the king and his sons. said so, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God will always say something in your heart to do. And it will look very it has to look at, it. so you know that it's by the spirit. And there were a lot of opposition as well. Say, who like, are God, all great mountains before Zerubbabel? They had a lot of opposition. Even within the ezra they were causing trouble for him. And I mean, because of time, you can't go. You have to come back. Ezra had to come. Ezra was like a scholar. He had to now come and set the spiritual tomb. Because they had forgotten about God. They didn't know the things about God. But they had a record. So this, God's word says this. We shall do this. God's word, you can see a lot of restoration has to happen, but the thing is that God has made preparations in advance. So think about your life now and what God has to told you to do. What if God has made the preparations available? I you think about that? What you are looking for, God has asked you to go and set up an orphanage. You don't have a land, you don't have cement, you don't have blocks. But if you believe, just like these people, that God only has provision for me, not by might, not by power. Spirit. He said, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before the river, you shall become a plain field. So God wants you to trust in His word. Like Caleb and Joshua. How does Caleb? You you help me. You see, we know David. David killed Goliath. You say, I fought to the bear, I fought the lion, took a stone, papa, out, things, this man drove away three giants. No, three, three. Was he stronger than I don't know? Maybe he was stronger than David. Three giants. How? The word the word of God had come and they believed in the word. So that would be the greatest battle as believers is to hold on to the word of God. Because the word of God in itself has the ability to do all that is said to you. But how you will mix it with faith? No. That is the thing. So God has given you great promises in your personal life, in your finances, in your academics, in your career. But understand this, if God has said it, then he has definitely made provision He prophesied to Isaiah concerning Cyrus. Cyrus made a decree, he? See, even in the the, the prophecy concerning um, Cyrus, they said something, I want, to, I want to read it. I think my time is up. I want to read a particular part. Okay, so Isaiah... 45 verse 4. Said, so for Jacob, my servant's sake, we're talking about Cyrus. So for Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel my elect, I have even called thee by thy, by thy name. I have we're talking about um, Cyrus. So I God I have called you by name. And I have said name thee. So you are part of my family. If you are my sending you're part of my family. So I have said name thee. Though thou hast not known me. You see, Sarah Sarah was saying something but he was being led by the Spirit of God, but I didn't know he was being led by the Spirit of God but he was being led by the Spirit of God There are people that you meet that will favor you They don't even know why they are doing it It's not as if they are possessed The Bible says the hearts of the king is the hearts of the Lord They don't don't, don't even know why they are doing it I I just like you I don't know, I just like you Sometimes, there is somebody hold your hand to take the certain door that is it. Your life has changed. But the person who did it, he doesn't know why he did it. I was inspired by the Spirit of God. I'm saying this that because God has said a lot of wonderful things concerning this ministry. God has said a lot of wonderful things concerning you. I want you to believe it, that the people of God did. Despite the opposition, despite their trouble, despite the things that came around them, be assured that God has made provision for you and hold on to his word. Hold on to his word. I was saying earlier that it's like the cow that is chewing. If you come and hear it of God, you've heard it, it's good. You've taken it inside. If I have to come out again. For you to chew it again, chew the cat again before it goes back to the true stomach. So you come and come every Sunday you of God, you've heard it, it's good. You're going to your first stomach, it must come out again. You must chew it, you must meditate on it. That's why you're able to extract everything that God has planned for you. You get it. God does have any small plan for anybody over here. Cause that for everybody is a big plan. It's a big, It's not, It's never a small plan. It's Always a big plan, and there's always there's an obstacle. If there's no obstacle, then it's a very. I don't know. I've not seen some before. Because Jesus Christ, He you have obstacles in His way. the who if all men like you. It's a message, but there'll be obstacles. And He's saying that who oh, are thou? All oh great mountains before the Bible, that should become a clean field. Hallelujah. Let this be your assurance, let this be your hope, let this move you into a deeper time of prayer and fellowship with God, and God will show you deeper things. There are lots of things that we have a very short time, and there's a lot of things God wants us to do. Maybe we work together with Him, we're going to do everything before our time is up. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's be on our Time is up. Let's be on our let I close our eyes. I want to close. I want to make a prayer this morning to pray unto God. This, even concerning the word He has given unto us, the word He has given unto our families, the word He has given unto the church, the word He has given unto us as individuals. We want to make a prayer to God this morning. We are praying that the Lord Himself will cause us not to lose sight of these words. He will help us to grow our faith in His Word. We are praying that whatever thing that may seem like an obstacle, may seem like an impediment, may seem like a mountain, literally like a mountain before us, will become a plain field in the name of Jesus. We are praying that the Lord himself will remind us of the words he has given unto us, the words he has spoken unto us. We are praying that the Lord himself will cause His word to be fulfilled in our life. We want to pray that anyone that is discouraged, anyone that is cast down, anyone that seems seem to know is coming from, will have their eyes fixed on Jesus. Will have their hearts fixed on Jesus. That the Lord that has declared these words will be the same Lord that will cause them to pass in the name of Jesus. We want to pray right now that anyone that is weak in faith, Anyone that is stumbling at the word of God will be encouraged, will be strengthened in the name of Jesus. That the word of God will be established in your life. That the word of God will be fulfilled in your life. I will make a prayer this morning that the Lord Himself will speak. He will speak. He will speak unto you, and you will see His word come to pass. Begin a prayer now in the name of Jesus. Besatima la bazute, pa la bazute, pa la baron La barimeno chiko tamaramaduske, pa la Rabaduske pa la jale mekujja. Zemo tamandele pa loze meka lejana. Zeyoto zeyoto mande zeme na la balaza tamalaban. La barimedo shota malibebebebi in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus so we are praying Father, we thank you so much for today we thank you lord for the opportunity you've given us even to hear your word this morning we thank you lord that you are with us we thank you lord that the words you speak unto us they are yea and they are amen there is no lie there is no doubt in your word is our prayer lord that your word will be mixed with faith in our hearts oh god you will strengthen us you will cause us to see you will empower us and let your word be fulfilled in our life we thank you for the life of this ministry we thank you for the life of every single person in this house anyone that is downcast anyone that is discouraged anyone that feels like things are not going to turn around i pray lord that by your spirit you will stir them up and cause them lord to fulfill the things you have spoken and declared over their lives father we thank you we bless your name In the mighty name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you so much. Amen. Can Can we pray for Pastor Kwame? I want you to release words of blessings into his life. What a word. What a word. What a word. Keep our love, share and them. Can you in the next one minute bless his life? Release the grace of God upon his life will continue to increase. The Lord will extend.